October 10th, and the NHL season is finally here. Steinberg, Vickers, and the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. What's up, Vix? It's about time that the NHL season's finally here, hey? Yeah, enough of this preseason stuff. Let's uh, let's drop the puck and go after the real thing here. As we're talking on this Tuesday, October 10th, T-minus one day from the start of the Flames regular season. Of course, Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. Um, let's do what uh, Flames Talk does best. Let's give you some exclusive sit downs as we get you set for the start of the regular season. Uh, the Flames, we've talked about it all throughout, right? They've had a different vibe. There's been a more positive vibe. And now, Vix, we wait to see as to how that translates onto the ice. And we can only guess and conjecture as to what that's going to mean until the puck drops on Wednesday night against Winnipeg, until they hit the road for the five-game road trip to the Eastern Conference that follows. We, we won't really know how it translates. And hell, we might not know until November or December. But there's a lot of anticipation for this season for that reason primarily. It's been a lot of change, and it's been mostly change to the off-ice that impacts the on ice coaching staff and management staff. Let's see how it starts to translate starting on Wednesday night. Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing to feel the vibes in preseason. No matter in how immaculate the vibes are, you got to translate it on the ice. You got to take it onto the ice because nothing squashes good times like losing and nothing keeps those good vibes going like winning. So at the end of the day, it's all about winning. It's all about the two points. It's going to sound cliche in one game at a time and whatnot, but you can't carry over this vibe that the Calgary Flames have, this sunshine and roses and lollipops and whatever, puppies, whatever else you want to call it. That all goes away starting Wednesday, especially if you don't lose, because it's a hard reset come Wednesday at 8 p.m. And you're starting fresh at zero. Every team, 32 teams are all tied for first place and all tied for last place. Well, yeah. Pending outcomes from Tuesday's games, mind you. But you've got to win to keep the vibe, the atmosphere going for the Calgary Flames. Uh, in about 15 minutes' time, we'll sit down with Andrew Mangiapane, bounce-back candidate. How is he feeling? Feeling 100% healthy. How does he think that's going to translate to his season on the ice? That's in about 15 minutes. But to preview the season, it is your season preview show or part one of our season preview, because a lot of that coming up on Wednesday as well. But uh, I thought the perfect guy to sit down with, oh, you know, just the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Ryan Huska joined us at the Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome a little earlier on Tuesday following practice as we preview the season, the 23-24 campaign for the Calgary Flames. Here's our chat with head coach Ryan Huska. Coach, first of all, 
what makes you what makes you excited about this year? As you as you take a look at your roster, it's set. You've got a game on Wednesday night. What excites you about this year for your group? What excites you about your unit and and the overall team that you've got? That's a good, a good question. I mean, we uh, when you look at the players when they're coming back from where they were, um, they want to kind of change the narrative a little bit. So it's nice to see a motivated group of guys coming back. I I think. Um, as a coaching staff, there's a lot of belief in our players and we trust that they can get the job done. Uh, you know, the challenge is always going to be make, making sure that they work on coming together sooner than later. That's a, a big part of early games is the teams that find a way to um, play to a system or, or play to a style right away. They give themselves a chance to win early and I feel like our guys are energized right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're motivated and it's just, it's, there's some good buzz around the team, which is, which is nice. Do you, uh, do you, how how can that buzz, how can a good vibe translate onto the ice? Well, I'm a believer that when a player feels good about himself, they're going to be a better player on the ice. And that's not to mean every day is a great day and it's all roses. It's never like that in any walk of life. But, um, you know, when a, when a player is being challenged, we want them to know where that challenge is coming from, that we have their best interest in mind. And um, our job is to make sure they understand that bringing their best is going to give our team a chance to win and we all know that's the ultimate goal is to win games here so um, that's that's really a, a big thing for us is making sure the players um, feel good about where they're going if they're in a stretch of games or um, maybe you know a game or two where they're not at their level it's our job to to bring them back in a certain way where um, they enjoy coming to the rink but also know that there's got to be a little bit of change in certain situations so i think a lot of it is about how the players feel for sure how how have you felt the group has come together and and come along in this three weeks of training camp we're getting there i mean i'd love to say that oh my god like structurally and systematically and and how connected we are is really good um but we've we've got a ways to go in that department um i i think the the big thing for us is making sure that we're ready to skate and ready to compete and um, basically show everybody, ourselves included, that we're going to play hard for each other. And that's a big thing. No matter who you are in the lineup, we want the guys committed to playing for each other. And I think if you have that mindset going in, you're going to give yourself a chance to win each night. Is, is that, I mean, is it hard? You only get the three weeks of training yeah. camp, new coaching staff, some different things being instituted. Is it pretty standard that it might take a little bit of time, even come regular season, for that to get where you want it to be? I think it is. And you know what the hardest thing probably about um, the training camp is you, you've you got all those exhibition games in there, and we play eight of them. So you lose some of your practice time along the way, which helps um, get guys on the same page and what you wanted to do. And then your lineups are always different. So you've got different pairs, different combinations, because you're giving guys opportunities to play. Um, some guys are playing in situations that eh, they might not be playing in, but we want to see where they're at. I think that's the biggest challenge of training camp. Time-wise, I think it's more than enough time to get together. But really, when you break it down, because of the number of exhibition games we play, yep. the days off that you have to give the players in training camp, it makes it a bit of a, a challenge in a lesser time period than what it actually looks like. There's been a lot of talk about uh, different X's and O's and a, and a slightly different way that your group is is going to defend this yeah. year. Is is that something that you know on the outside we're going to be able to to see fairly noticeably, or or will it look pretty similar to to what we're used to? I th- I think it'll look pretty similar. I mean, unless you're like you have a really keen eye on certain things, um, it's going to look pretty similar. 
Um, there may be a little bit more of us spending a touch more time in our own zone than we have in the past, but the the ultimate goal is to make sure we're we're protecting the middle of the ice. So um, that might be the one thing. But other than that, it's it's not going to be a huge difference. When you uh, when you made the decision to make that change, how much of it how much of it was based on the fact that you do have especially one, two, three, three really responsible two-way centers yeah. that, that you can put that type of workload on. Um, that's a big part of it for sure. When you look at the teams that are using it, um, their guys down the middle of the ice are the strength of their teams for sure, without a doubt. And we feel really fortunate that we have three really um, experienced centers right now and we have another guy that's capable another couple guys I should say that are capable of continuing to grow their game so that's a huge part of it and I think really any team if you are strong down the middle um, you're going to have a chance to win and that kind of includes your back end goaltenders like if there's a strength or a, a pipeline yeah. there you're going to give yourself a chance and then you can lean on those guys a lot how uh first of all you named Michael Backlund captain a couple of weeks ago, and, and that was uh, it. Kind of just felt like a no-brainer if a contract was going to be signed. But how have you how have you seen Michael kind of take the reins now as captain? Now that that is official, yeah, um, I think he's done a wonderful job already. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot more conversations that he and I have, even short little ones, things that have nothing to do with hockey, things that have to do with the team. Um, but even the way he's playing, I would say consistently there were four forwards that I thought were at the level that we kind of expect them to be at during the exhibition season. He most definitely was one of them. And I keep going back to him being like our oldest player um, and the commitment that we're seeing from him will rub off on other people. Yeah. And that's what we want to see happen. So I think in the short time he's worn the C, I think he's done an excellent job so far. And mostly the same leadership group from last year, but you add Rasmus to that yeah. group. You have you go way back with Raz. It's, yeah. it's got to be kind of cool to see him take that next step in his career and, and next step in, in being a leader. Yeah, and I'm happy for him. Um, but I would say first, like there's those guys that have the letters, um, yep. but we have a bigger leadership group that we're going to rely on here. Here. Um, and that's something where we're going to continue to work with um, multiple people on with that aren't wearing letters per se. So it's not all about wearing the letter, but back to the Raz's conversation. The part that we really like about Raz is he wants to be a Calgary Flame. He is committed. When we use the word committed, um, from day one when we had him in the minors, um, he had to learn how to be a pro. And he's stuck with it every step of the way to the point where he's now put himself in a position where he's a top defenseman in the NHL. He's used in all situations, and he's a voice in our dressing room. So he's earned this opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nice to have a guy that's homegrown as part of it, someone that's been drafted, um, developed, and put in situations to succeed. And he's grabbed hold of that opportunity. So we're real excited for him, proud of him, happy for him, all those words. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned him being a top defenseman in the NHL, and it seems like if you if you take a look at some of those publications or, or different different websites and they start ranking players he's starting to show up in the top 15 top 20 yeah. for a lot of people on the outside what did you see that in him when you first had him in Stockton like when he first arrived there were you like this guy this guy could be a, a real top talent in the NHL for sure but the one thing was he's got to figure out his lifestyle first in regards to how he takes care of himself away from the rink so like there's been lots of stories that he had to he had to bring his weight down from what he was when he started with us um, but you could see the talent from day one like he could see the game um, differently than other defensemen at the time that we had in the minors and 
you almost felt like he was on a different level from other people. So you could see it in him, and then it took his commitment to get himself to the point yep. where he's now in those conversations. But I think the big thing for him is don't don't be settled on just sort of being mentioned on the sort of the outside of those conversations. It's time to take another step. So he's got more that's in him, and we're going to have to push to get that out of him. I want to ask you about both your special teams units, Mark Savard and this power play. How have you, like, where is it right now as the season gets going? Is it, uh, is it moving in the direction you want it to be? Well, it's at 0% right now, <laughs> like our penalty kill. So yeah. um, I, I think there's some chemistry forming between our units. I think there's some, there's a lot more communication between the guys uh, on the ice while they're well, they're working on it in practice for sure on the bench and in the dressing rooms and I think those are signs of good things to come so the real challenge for them is making sure they understand that hey they are guys that have to shift momentum of a game in a positive way all the time and they're going to have huge impact on a game so every time they step on the ice for a power play they they have to make sure they take it like it's a game seven. Yeah. Uh, we as coaches will treat it that way with them and, and we want them to have that same mindset. There's been a lot of talk about the kind of the energy that Mark brings to that part of the yeah. game. And, and even in the meetings, guys have talked a lot about how, how it's really cool to be with them. What what have you noticed in terms of Mark's impact and, and rub off there? Yeah, I think it's he takes a little bit of the, the gripping the stick or the tension away from them. So he allows them um, to be creative, to think it creatively. And even with some of the plays that he's, he's trying to get them to run, he's got names for them that put a smile on their face. So sometimes um, those are all good things. The one thing I like about him, he's very um, detailed with there's certain points that he wants them to follow, and if they're not executing on those points, then he makes sure that they know it. Um, and that's what I like to see. So there is an accountability that has to come into play. And I was asked a question earlier, earlier about Matthew and being on that first power play unit. There is still an earn it. Um, yeah. piece of this puzzle so he did that over exhibition he deserves to be in that position so now it's the challenge that we want that unit to make sure they can run with it and then on the PK side uh, that's been your baby for yeah. the last half decade and, and now you've got a guy that you know well in, in Dan Lambert running it how does it look like the same unit are you happy with it it's coming yeah um, it's coming I, and again I'll go back to the exhibition where it was rare where we had our normal penalty killers killing together that's right so that makes it a challenge today in practice when they killed against the power play there's um, a pair for sure that was what we will use um, and when you see our guys the last couple games killing, it looked more like it. Now it's it's making sure their details are, are on point and they're ready to go to start with because we have a really good power play coming in here. And I guess that's my maybe my other point is we got to make sure we are smart with yep. how we play the game. We want to be hard. We want to be um, a team that's miserable to, miserable to play against, but we don't want to sit in the penalty box. Uh, you did mention Matt Coronado, and, and you talk about him earning a spot on that power play unit, and he's earned a spot in the NHL to start the regular season. I, I remember talking to you in Penticton. He said he's one of the young guys we absolutely believe has a chance. Yeah. Tell us about Matt's camp and, and what he did to earn where he is on day one of the season. Yeah, I'll, I'll say like Penticton-wise, everybody always goes into it like these are the guys that are going to be awesome and we're all going to watch these guys. And I, I thought he struggled in Penticton. Like it, it was almost like he was trying to do way too much all on his own and nothing was happening for him. And then you could see some frustration creep in. But 
with good players when they start playing and and this is no slight to the younger guys at all but when they start playing with nhl players that are at a different level yeah just with their maturity and stuff certain guys have the ability to fit in a little bit better there um and i think that's the case for matt so he came in and the one thing that we really like about him was he was very tenacious so we you know you want guys to be relentless in how they're hunting or getting after pucks if they don't have it he had that and that was consistent with him and the nice part for him um, no matter where he was in the lineup he was confident to in his abilities whether that was passing the puck whether that was shooting the puck um, I, I thought he came in and did a real good job once our camp started and now everyday league right that's the, oh. the next challenge for Matt right yeah we gave him the old congratulations you deserve to be on this opening roster but now it gets harder for you because yep. it's it's an everyday thing where you want to make sure you practice the right way so you leave the rank better than you were when you came in um, you have to understand that people are now going to know who you were because you let our team in exhibition scoring. So uh, all sorts of different things will change for him along the way, but I think he's a real good young man, and he's a character guy that's committed to working hard, and he'll be just fine. Finally, at the beginning you said there's a lot of guys inside that room that are committed to changing the narrative. Yeah. How, how powerful can that type of motivator be early on in a season or even to carry you out throughout a season? Yeah, I, I think that you, you have to be a little bit careful with it because there is a lot of noise always. Um, sometimes the noise is positive um, outside of our room and players can at times have a tendency to believe um, a little bit too much and they get away from what they want. Sometimes the noise is negative about a certain player and they again have the ability to believe at times what they're hearing when they shouldn't be listening to that type of noise. Um, the big thing for us is to make sure we're committed to playing hard for each other and it's not going to happen overnight. I think you have a group of guys in our dressing room that are, are, are a bunch of really good guys and I feel like right now all the talk is the right way. Now it's the the time of the year where you have to be committed to actually making sure you do it consistently on the ice. So that's where we're going to keep moving with this group. Like um, I think we have them in a good place mentally right now. Um, what is being said is all the right things, and yep. there's a positive vibe about the team. But now it's let's let's go, let's go play, and let's make sure we're going to show people what we're going to be all about. Thank you, Coach. Good okay. luck this season, hey? Thank you, Pat. You guys have a great day. It's Ryan Huska, head coach of the Calgary Flames. Our exclusive chat with him to kick off the regular season. We're T-minus one day from the start of the regular season. And, you know, it's that's one of the things that we've heard is that, and, and you're going to hear it in just seconds from Andrew Mangiapane. I sat down with both Ryan and Andrew a little earlier on this Tuesday after Flames practice at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And... There's just a, he's not always going to be sunshine and lollipops, nope. but there's going to be a consistency with the message and it's going, they're, they're going to try to be a team that is more upbeat and more positive. There are times to be hard. There are times to be critical. There's no doubt about it, but that is one of the things that you've heard from a lot of players. And this is Daryl Sutter's way of doing things has worked many times before and it's one of Stanley cups and it got one of the best regular seasons out of the flames a couple of years ago, but it didn't work so much last year. And this is a very, very different way of doing things as this coaching staff. You heard him talk about Mark Savard and his upbeat way about going about things and the way he gets the players fired up in power play meetings. And it's just, I'm curious to see how it translate on the uh, translates on the ice, but you've heard it a lot from players that there's definitely a uh, a real emphasis put on positivity. But as you said, 
It's a little harder to keep things always positive if you're not backing it up with results on the ice. Yeah, if you lose three or four or six of eight to start the season, then suddenly the mood and the tone changes a little bit. And Ryan Huska touched on that. They've walked the walk to this point. When the puck drops Wednesday, it's time to talk the talk. And winning cures all, whether you're best friends with the guy beside you or personally, you're, it's a business-only relationship. Yep. Everything functions better when winning happens. Yep. And so it's on the Calgary Flames to take the positive momentum they've had through camp and translate that into the regular season because you've talked about it. Now you've got to go out and do it. Uh, a few texts. Uh, this says a new coach and a new GM doesn't put pucks in the net nor stop them. With essentially the same lineup as last year, this team will not surprise. I predict 40 wins with upwards of 10 overtime wins. They'll still fall short, sadly. Now bring in a legit starting, consistent goaltender and somehow deal away the aging Kadri and Huberdo. They'll have a better chance. The success or failure of just these three players will make or break this team. And then this... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, in all fairness, the success or failure of any team will fall on your three most important players. Now, you could probably extrapolate that with four because I don't think Elias Lindholm was mentioned in that text. And Nor he's certainly Anderson. one there. But it, you can probably pick out 32 teams in the league and three of your top five players are going to be critical to having success that season. Uh, Murray and the Ranchlands. Uh, hopefully, actually, I don't think we call it the Ranchlands. Murray and Ranchlands. Um, I've been in this city long enough. I know that neighborhood off by heart. I think I can call it. Like, is the bar the Ranchlands? I don't think, no, I, th no? I think it's just Ranchlands. Yeah. Murray and Ranchlands. Uh, hopefully a good start will keep the good vibes going. However, I'm concerned that the team is hoping that scoring will come from unproven or inconsistent NHLers. Uh, I'd also like the back end a lot more if Shillington and Stone were still playing. And finally, this says it's time to walk the walk. Talk is cheap. No doubt about that. A lot of talk. Now it's all about walking the walk. I think everybody inside that locker room understands that. Uh, there is our exclusive chat with Ryan Huska. About 10 seconds later, Andrew Mangiapane walked in on this Tuesday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. He sat down in the hot stove lounge. He's looking for a bounce back year. The team's looking for a bounce back year. Here's our exclusive chat with Flames forward Andrew Mangiapane. Manch, what, uh, as you get ready to start a new season, and I know there was a lot of excitement in the air last year, a year ago, and obviously didn't go the way the group wanted, but what what has you excited about this year? What has you excited about the way things are shaping up for the coming season? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, last year, obviously, there were a lot of high expectations, but looking into this year, I don't, we didn't really change, I guess, uh, too much of our team, right? I think... Uh, majority of the guys are, are here I think we brought in a couple other guys but um, yeah I think now we just got to come together as a team and it's it's uh, like we really do have a really good team and I think uh, just the you know everything that happened last year and everything kind of didn't go our way and now I think this year is just a good kind of reset year for us and everyone's going to want to go out and and uh, prove to you know everyone that you know it was just a maybe bad luck last year and um, we got a lot of proof this year and I think guys are ready and uh, you know put in a lot of hard work and in, in the summer and, and um, training camp I think a lot of guys are really pushing and working hard and um, they're getting ready for the season so it's uh, looking good and uh, excited just to kind of get things going on Wednesday. How how motivating is the chance to say that last year wasn't what this group is like how, how yeah. much is that on the team's mind coming into the season? Yeah, I think it uh it motivates people, right? I think it's uh, a lot of people right now don't have us to whatever, maybe even make playoffs or anything like that, right? And um, 
you know, I think a lot of people are here to um, almost prove them wrong, right? I think that's that's my attitude. That's always kind of been my attitude. Yeah. I think that's just kind of how I've been wired is kind of when I get, uh, you know, passed up in the draft or, you know, you don't make playoffs, usually the following years uh, you come out even harder, right? So um, I'm excited just to kind of get the season going, and I think a lot of the guys in the dressing room uh, are too, and uh, I think we have a great group of guys and good people in there. So I think everybody wants to kind of do it for each other, and, like I said, just right off last year as a, you know, just some bad luck or something like that and yeah. to show everyone that we're a good team and we're here to, you know, make the playoffs and go far. It feels like being around the group, even for the short time we are every day, that there's a good good buzz, good vibe, really positive. Is is that is that fair? Is it a is it a really positive group right now? Most teams are yeah. positive at this time of year, yeah. but even compared to the way things went last year, a good buzz and a good vibe? Yeah, I'd say so. And um Obviously, I guess two summers ago was a kind of hectic summer there for, for us in this kind of organization and, uh, you know, bringing in all these new guys and, uh, you know, it was just, I think it was just a big kind of off season, right? So it took some time to kind of gel and uh, kind of get that chemistry. And then before you knew it, it was, uh, we were already kind of digging ourselves out of the hole, right? Yeah. It, it happens fast, right? And that's... Uh, why a good start is really important and uh you know that's why having a good summer and good uh, training camp and getting uh, everything up to par is important right so um you know that's you know that's what we were kind of doing this year i'd say is you know we're ready to train hard ready to get going and just to go out there and prove everybody wrong what what's it been like with ryan as the head coach and and how how are some things different even even off the ice how are things yeah. different with husk as the head coach you know, Husk is uh, great, right? Obviously, I had him in uh, Stockton, too, so I'm uh, kind of familiar with him. Obviously, uh, AHL and NHL might be a little different, but, yeah, he's a g good coach, and he's really smart, right? And uh, I think he's really uh, structured, right? I think that's a big thing. I think he's going to communicate well to his players and know uh, what we need to do to win a certain game or what a player needs to do to help the team win, right? So I think... Uh, there's always going to be that kind of open line of communication and just, uh, you know, make sure everything's clear and everybody's on the same play page, right? Uh, I don't think he's, uh, you know, an easy coach by any means, and he'll uh, let you know uh, when you're doing something wrong for sure. But I think uh, just that whole open line of communication of uh, feedback and criticism, and if a player has something that they want to get something off their chest, he's open there to listen and all that. So I think that's uh, important so that everyone's kind of on the same page and you know what you uh, you know what you need to do to you know help the team win and that's what it's all about is um, you know just finding ways to help the team win when when he got hired I remember we talked to to Raz and and Raz told a story about how Husk was really hard on him early yeah. on and, and you and you and Rasmus have come up and 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 have basically come together in lockstep yeah. to where you are now what about you what was 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 Husk pretty hard on you in the early stages of yeah. your time yeah I'd say Husk was a, a little hard on me too right I think uh, he was trying to push us and uh, uh, he might have been a little bit maybe uh, harder on Razzie there just because, uh, you know, you know Razzie, he's a little uh, out there and outgoing, right? But, um, but yeah, no, he was, uh, he was hard on, uh, the, you know, the young guys kind of coming up and uh, he wants everyone to push and to be the hardest working player out there, right? So, um, you know, it was, it was great for me and to uh, have a coach like that, especially at a kind of young age to, you know, propel, propel me to the NHL. The... Uh the way he understands the game and, and explains the game, X's and O's, all that yeah. type of stuff. It, how 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 has that come along at the NHL level? Yeah, it's um, it's a, you know that's one of his I think strengths, right? It's um, you know he'll grab you and um, 
you know, watch some video and, you know, make some plays and says, okay, you can't do this, you got to do this, or you can't go this way, you can't turn that way, you got to turn this way, and just, it, it's easy because it's kind of, you know, what you need to do, right, and even when, uh, you you know, you go out there and you make a mistake, you're like, you know, crap, like, uh, yeah. I, I already know that I, I can't be doing that, right, and uh, you know, okay, you know, I got to forecheck this way, or I got to backcheck this way, right, and everyone's kind of on the same page, so you kind of expect that from everybody on the team. Um. Raz has a letter now. Has, has he let you? Has he been very yeah, vocal yeah. about him having a letter? Yeah. Are you? Uh, uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, I think choice there, but <laughs> no, no. I'm happy for Raz. Obviously, uh, we've been together for a while. I don't know why anyone would give it to him. We might have paid someone off in the organization <laughs> or something. But uh, no. But I'm honestly, I'm happy. And uh, you know, he's a hardworking player, and he's smart and skilled, right? So he's uh, definitely great for the job. And you know, he's a leader, kind of on and off the ice in our room. So. Um, happy for him, and um, you know, hopefully he'll, uh, you know, do good for us in the wearing the letter. It's got to be, I, I, and I know you get asked about him all the time, and he gets asked about you all the time, yeah. just because you go way back. But it's got to be kind of cool, like when you think about it, you're like, geez, you've been with that guy at every yeah. level for the last decade, pretty much. That's, yeah, that's got to be a pretty neat thing to to be able to track and and even look back on and remember, hey? Eh? Yeah, it's a uh, really interesting, right? I don't think that really happens uh, too often, where two teammates kind of start in junior together and start in Stockton together, and then start in the NHL together, right? We kind of all, we kind of made the jump usually kind of at the same time too, yeah. right? So it's uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting the way it went. I think what would it have been? Yeah, we would have been almost uh, maybe 10 years now playing together, right? So uh, it's kind of crazy to to think, but yeah, you consider him one of my best friends now, and uh, yeah, we'll have that bond for the rest of our lives. How fired up are you individually uh, for this season? I know that you were playing through something for basically all of last year, but I also yep. know that the numbers aren't where weren't where you wanted them to be. How fired are you? Fired up are you to get those numbers back to where you want them to be? Yeah, I'm excited. Right, uh, obviously I had uh, the shoulder surgery there in the off season, right, and it was uh, kind of nagging me throughout the whole season uh, last year, right, and. Uh, honestly, I didn't even uh, really know about it, but obviously it was uh, hindering my kind of, I guess, abilities and all that. So I'm happy that it's just kind of in the past and I get to start the season, you know, fresh and strong and ready to go, right? So um, just want your body to stay healthy, and that's uh, that's a part of the game, right? So um, I'm excited, uh, you know, just to go out there and, you know, prove to Calgary again what I, what I am and what I got. And, um yeah so i just got to go out there and just play my game and you know just be tenacious for it i'm sure it'll come back to me can you feel it like can you feel the difference while you're out there uh yeah right just kind of in my shoulder and all that just the ability i I honestly i had surgery and all that obviously but i think it's honestly feels better already than than what it was uh before last season right so uh kind of crazy to think and uh and it's supposed to be getting even better i guess in the next few months as well right so it's crazy to think that how different it feels and all that right you don't even realize it at the time but now looking back on it's like wow this is 100 percent kind of more stronger and everything so you've played on some different lines throughout training camp and looks like wednesday you're going to start with Coleman and Backlund, just two guys that you've played a ton with. That's oh. got to be a pretty neat place to start the season. You just know that you guys will go out and instantly click, eh? Yeah, so those two are obviously two great great players, and, uh, you know, we make a great line, right? So I'm happy that, you know, we have that uh, familiarity with each other and 
uh, we're comfortable with each other and we're good at reading off each other and all that. So uh, I'm happy that, you know, we're, we are together and we could just keep, uh, you know, hopefully the first game, just keep on um, building our chemistry the way that it was at the end of last season. And, and you know, those are two great smart hockey players, right? So I'm happy to be on that line. Happy the uh, preseason is done? Yeah, I'd say so. It's a long kind of up and down kind of uh, event. It's good to get the games in, uh, especially for me, just kind of coming back from injury and to feel the puck and get some body checking and all that in, right? So, um, yeah, but, you know, I'm happy that it's over and kind of ready for the regular season, right, where the kind of games kind of matter and, you know, you want that emotion and all those things that come with the first regular season game. Thanks for doing this. Good luck this season. Hey. Yes, yes. thank you. Appreciate it. There's Andrew Mangiapane. Uh, chatted with him uh, down at the Saddle Dome on Tuesday as well. A couple of sit-downs to set up the season. Andrew Mangiapane is one of those guys that I just... I know that there are at least there's at least one longtime faithful Flames Talk freak, in a good way. Flames Talk freaks. I don't know, maybe not. Flames Talk fam. I like that better. Flames Talk family member Dylan and Revelstoke does not. He's not a big Andrew Manchapani fan. Thinks that you know the he he falls down too much. Do you remember when I can't see how Mange doesn't have a significantly better season this year? He's healthy. He's not going to be playing with a shoulder ailment the entire season. I I just, and he still had a decent year last year. I'm not saying he's going to have 35 this year, but if he's flirting with, if he's in the 25-30 range, which I think is what is a fair year-to-year conversation for him, that's kind of what I'm expecting for Andrew Mangiapane this year. And if they can get 25-30 to 30 out of Andrew this year, that's a big boost in their goal scoring. That's a Big and an important player who has a bounce back campaign. I mean, he had 17 goals and 43 points and 79 of the 82 games he played roughly because we don't know exactly when the shoulder injury happened, but played 78 to 79 games with one shoulder. And you heard it in the interview there. You didn't know how bad it was until you realized what 100% was. So I'm optimistic that he can flirt with 30 again. I remember talking to him in the summer and him going, well, yeah, why couldn't I get back there? And, and you know what? Valid point. If you feel like you're comfortable and you can get back to playing your own game and playing the way that you're used to playing and, and the body is doing what you expect it to do, why can't he flirt with 30 again? I mean, again, like you, I don't know if he hits 35. He goes, why not? I'll trust the player to a certain degree, and you have to have confidence to play in the league. But I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be a 30-ish goal scorer. Uh, thanks to Ryan Huska. Thanks to Andrew Mangiapane for sitting down with us on Tuesday. That was uh, a lot of fun. Awesome way to kick off the season. And, of course, thanks to Peter Hanlon for uh, making it all happen. The best in the biz. Uh, and that's our look. Ryan Huska, exclusive sit-down. Andrew Mangiapane, exclusive sit-down. That's Inside Hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary co-op app download on the apple store and google play store talking your team right now flames talk is on sportsnet 960 the fan so the matt coronado express is going full steam right now and this is a significant development for the calgary flames i truly believe that steinberg vickers as we continue along so rookie matt coronado 2021 first round pick is on Calgary's opening day roster in his first ever opportunity as uh, as an NHLer. That's step one, and he he really has earned it. Like there's 
What more can you say? He has earned the opportunity. He's been one of Calgary's best training camp and preseason players. He deserves to be where he is. He deserves to be on the opening day roster. Oh, absolutely. I mean, all he did was score, what, four goals in six games in, in preseason play. I'm pretty sure that either led or came close to leading the Calgary Flames on, in both avenues. And he really, for me, not necessarily just the scoring, but his all-around play really showed to me, at least, that he was ready for an NHL assignment as opposed to needing some time in the American Hockey League to, to better learn the pro game. His details, when he doesn't have the puck, to me, are good. He's able to retrieve the puck physically. I think he's ready and mature enough to, to play at this level consistently. And yeah, he's the highest impact rookie, potentially at least, since what, Matthew Kachuk? Yeah. At this point. Yeah, so he'd be the one. he's ticked all the boxes. He's he's covered off everything that he's needed to cover off to put himself into this position. And now not only has he made the roster, he's put himself in a position to be a top six contributor for the Flames. Well, that's just it. Like he's also earned a shot on Nazem Kadri's right side, and he's earned a shot to start the regular season on Calgary's number one power play with Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau, Elias Lindholm, and Rasmus Anderson. Don't see a lot of rookies. Yes, Connor Bedard is going to be on Chicago's number one power play, no doubt. And you know what? Fantilli and Carlson. Cooley. Cooley. These guys will be on number one power plays as well. But not a lot of rookies start on a team's number one power play. And Matt Coronado is. And he's earned that too. Because he has shown that his shot is a weapon. He's shown that he can finish from the outside. And that's in the preseason. And it's just going to get tougher come the regular season. Hell, we just heard a few minutes ago this hour, Ryan Huska say that this is, okay, it's an everyday league. Now the next step is when the pace gets ratcheted up and you've got to be bringing these details and hitting your marks Every single day and every time you're on the ice, that's not an easy thing for a lot of young NHLers to do. That's the next step for him. But to this point, he has earned every shot he's been given here. This is not, uh, and I'm not, again, Connor Bedard is a different story. But, like, this is not a bad hockey team just putting a young guy in because he's a young guy, right? Oh, no. The, he wasn't gifted this opportunity. He was given the opportunity to fight for it. And he earned it. This isn't a case where, I mean, the Calgary Flames auditioned a few players in the top six before Matt Coronado just etched his name in pen on it. Because, again, four goals, seven points, and six games in preseason. Say what you want about the level of competition. You still have to go out and do it and play above the level of competition, which he did. And he did it with the little details. But again, you mentioned he did it with his shot too. He scored four goals. Like, was it Jack Campbell that he torched on the power play here at the Saddle Dome? Uh, he, on the power play. Oh, he, the game winner? That was Connor Hellebuck. He, Connor Hellebuck. Even better. That proves the point even more for the level of competition. He zipped that puck by sure a Vesna caliber goaltender. Like, he's certainly earned the top six role. He certainly earned the role on the first power play unit, at least to start. And we'll see how teams end up adjusting because for me, he has him and Elias Lindholm have the two most lethal shots in terms of beating goalies from range. And if he's able to circle off that right flank, come down and let it go somewhere around the top or just inside of that circle. Connor Hellebuck knows what that shot is now. Yep. And there are a bunch of other goalies that are probably about to learn as well. Um, 
This was Matt, by the way. He spoke on Monday after practice. This was technically before the Flames roster came out, but we, we've we known he's going to be on the yeah. team for quite some time. So we were like, wink, wink. Is this before nudge. or after the 27 was announced? Uh, before also okay. the, the number changed from 39 to 27. I, I like both numbers. I so like 27 is, is a family thing for him. He wore it in Chicago. He yeah, wore he it for wore, Team USA. He his dad, USHL, right? Yeah. His dad was a college lacrosse player at Holy Cross wore number 27 and his younger brother Jake I believe also wears 27 so 27 has family heritage for the Coronados here's a little bit of Matt after uh, making the team and being on an NHL roster for the first time ever to start a season it feels good to, to still be here um, it's been uh, a lot of fun like we had a, a good skate today and um, just kind of taking it day by day and just Keep looking forward to every day. How would you how would you evaluate the first camp experience? Um, it was good. I think I I learned a lot. Um, I think the the biggest thing maybe was um, it, or is going to be for me is learning uh, play more games than I'm used to. I think. Uh, like I kind of have been saying during camp, though, I, it's such an exciting time, so it, it's kind of easy to keep the energy up. But I think uh, there's going to be a lot of learning experiences for me. You, you've talked all camp about wanting to make the team. You know, the first goal is to still be here. Do you take a second to say, okay, you know, I, I got you know, first goal out of the way in some ways? Yeah, I, I think a little bit, but at the same time, like, it's, it's just the start. Like, the season hasn't started, so I, I think it's – kind of it's simple but for me just every day to day look look ahead to the next day and just try to be my best every day what uh what do you think has kept you here so far what have you done well through camp and exhibition um i think just playing staying true to my game i think being hard on pucks being hard on the four check i think are important things for me and um i feel like when i'm when i'm working my hardest is really when i'm at my best you felt you're talking about playing more games. Have you felt that's been an adjustment even through the preseason? Yeah, maybe a little bit of an adjustment, but um, I feel good. Like the guys have kind of been talking me through it, like what to expect and all things like that. So everyone's made it real easy, and um, it's been great so far. So there's Matt Coronado on making an NHL roster for the first time. He'll hit a wall at some point this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but I think he's got a really good opportunity to score 20 goals. I, I really do, because I think he will stick all year. I don't think the American League is in his future. If it is, that's fine. And you I know what? It was almost it in is. Johnny Goudreau's future, no, what, six games wasn't. in? No, they almost wasn't. sent him down no, after game didn't. six, that and then he such, took off in Columbus? That is so, I, I will never believe ah. that they were ever going to send Johnny Goudreau to the American League. I know they healthy scratched him, but I never once believed that he was actually destined to... Where would that, that have like been? like a senior reaction. Would that, have been, would that have been... Where the hell were they then? Was it not Columbus? No, no, where was the AHL oh. team in 2014? Was that Adirondack? That would have been Adirondack, Quats, No, right? Quad Cities was way before that. It, uh, Glens at, Falls would have been yeah, so that somewhere would have been, in there. I yeah. think that would have been Huska's first year as the head coach of the uh, AHL team. He would have gotten... Anyways, side tangent. what you did. Now. I'm curious about the wall because I think last year would be a great learning experience for him. His season ended at Harvard, but then he practiced. I mean, it wasn't games, but he practiced an NHL schedule. And those skates are not light when you're a healthy scratch. And then he nope. extended into the summer with Team USA at the World Championship. So he did get another month and a half on top of it. You're right. The wall will hit at some point that he'll have to push through. But again, he was also second in fitness testing amongst prospects. So he's got that going for him. 
I'm just curious to know what the expectation is on Matt Coronado because it's been a while since the Flames have had a rookie that can have the potential impact he has. And I'm curious to see what he can make of his opportunity. There's one other really significant point here with Matt Coronado. And I was, I was talking to a couple people, talking to a couple people that even know Matt pretty well. By the way, he's just such an awesome, like he comes, goes out of his way to say hi to you. Oh, yeah. Like he'll come up, like he'll, he'll just like, deviate and come say hi like it's just like he's a really he's really just soaking it all in and and he's had a great training camp but the fact that he's here to begin with i just think is something that maybe we need to underline a little bit more because matt could have stayed in college another two years he could have pulled the leverage play we've seen lots of other guys pull before and it's not a bad thing i don't think negatively of guys who do that it's your right He could have done what Adam Fox threatened to do and what essentially got Adam Fox traded to Carolina in the summer of 2018. And there's some real parallels there with him and Adam. They're both Long Island, Long Island guys. They're both, they're both both Long Island guys. Long Island. They got to say with the hard G Long Island. Um, They both played Long Island goals. They both went to Harvard. Fox went three years at Harvard. Coronado went two years at Harvard. But Matt decided to come out after the two years and join the Flames. And it never really felt like it was that much of a question. As much as there was some consternation on the outside, I just don't ever feel like it was that much of a question internally with Coronado and his representation. It always felt like, if the Flames want you this year, let's let's come out and, and make that jump. And they did. There was no hemming and hawing. It was like, Two days after he finished his uh, season in the Frozen Four or, or, or in the NCAA tournament, that he was signed with the Calgary Flames and here in Calgary and practicing with the team, it was pretty ho hum. It's like, well, Flames want him; he's going to come out of college. There was no like, oh, will he or won't he? Or we're waiting on bated breath. It was like, yeah, yeah, we think he's going to come out. He came out, and he's now made the NHL roster in his first year. Yeah, and I do get the angst to a certain degree where Adam Fox's recent memory, Tim Erickson is also a somewhat similar situation, a little further in the past. Then you have Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, both American-born players. Really good career. But you're right. With with Matt Coronado, it never really felt like this was something in jeopardy, and I don't think it would have necessarily behooved his career to spend another two years in college. Like, I think he was developed to the point where he was ready for the challenges but of they the could, pro game. Even if they weren't prepared to go back for two years, you always have that leverage. Like, yeah, because as soon as had he decided to go back for a junior year at Harvard, then, then everybody would Right? Flames would have been clenching. Fans would have been clenching. That's what Fox did. You're like, oh, he's going back for a junior year. And I know, e. like, did Johnny went back for a junior year. Yes. And I remember people well, were losing it. And he came out and played and and came out after his third year. But I just... Bill Arnold actually played his senior year and then still signed with the Flames as well. He did. That's always the forgotten guy on that airplane, right? Not here. Not here, buddy. Not in this chair. Not going to let it happen. I just think it's it's important to point out that he decided to play immediately. There was never any hesitation and it's worked out pretty well for him, and it's worked out really well for the team. He's on a number one power play unit. He's in a top six scoring role as an NHL rookie. He could very well have decided to go out, but it's just 
It doesn't always have to go that way, and it doesn't always have to be negative. It doesn't always have to be the worst-case scenario. And and good on Matt for doing it. And he's been rewarded. The team's been rewarded. I think it's a good thing, and I'm excited for the season for him. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I know maybe this – do you remember, Francis, do you remember the first question to Matt Coronado when he was drafted in 2021? I don't because was I wasn't Eric there. It Eric Francis saying, are you going to sign with the Calgary Flames? Because it was still pretty, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because I know Francis is, uh, is a good sport, but that was the first question he asked. Are you going to sign with the Calgary Flames? Because Adam Fox was still very fresh at that time. And here he is, two years later after being drafted, he signed as a member of the Calgary Flames. Well, and you ran through the parallels of... American-born player, Harvard, about to attend Harvard because he was drafted out of Chicago, so he was going to go to Harvard the next fall. You just sort of piece it together, and the parallels are, are to be drawn. Just one player went one way, the other player went another. That's worked out really well for both Matt and the Flames. Really excited for the rookie season for Matt Coronado this year. Uh, for Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers, for Cam and Taylor, our producers, my name is Pat. As we start to wrap up this hour, it's been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.